Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to the Scott and Jai Show on Radio X. Giddy up. Where we are all about lending an ear. Trying to move Tell on, Tell me mate. how you really feel. I love you, mate. I love you. No matter which way you go. Look. Sharing stories. But no, I have ended up in the emergency room after with a broken... And helping each other out. Called you, big father. Yeah, call- said we need to go look around the town. Called for reinforcement. Yeah. That's the way. My new boss will probably be listening and going, thanks, Jai. Join us every Sunday at 10 a.m., Live on air. Catch the highlights 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. weeknights. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. So hit that subscribe button and join the conversation. We are all about mates helping mates. So whether you're battling the black dog or just need a friendly chat, this is the place to be. The phone number is 074-994-3165. Or connect with us on social media at The Scott and Jai Show. We want to hear your story because, remember, it's not weak to speak. I just want to let everyone know that it's not weak to speak. I just want to let everyone know that it ain't weak to speak. So come on, join us for some good yarns. Quick side note, I love the dirty mo. Oh, I love it too. What does mum say? There's no dry here, mate. Hang it out. Laughs. Oh, but it was. It's quiet at home. And maybe even a few tears. Let's tackle life together, one story at a time. Because together, we can make a difference. This is the Scott and Jai Show, where everyone's story matters. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Tequila shots all around. Tequila, tequila shots? Tequila makes my clothes come off. Oh, look, mate, it happens to the best of us when we meet people we love. <laughs> I have never seen a grown man turn to water. Oh, we've all been there once or twice. <laughs> Some more than others. Every Sunday. Yeah, every Sunday. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's slowly getting bigger. From what I've seen of their records, the only thing they do contribute is mayhem and chaos. No, I'm chaos and he's mayhem. We're a double act. I just want to let everyone know that it's not weak to speak. I just want to let everyone know that it ain't weak to speak. Welcome to Scott and Jai Podcast. Good morning. Morning, mate. How are we this morning? Better than you. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> my team won last night, so I'm pretty stoked. Uh, what it was a night. good game, though. It was a good game. Really good game. Good game. I think the Broncos just played a lot faster and had a bit more stamina towards the end. Absolutely. And well-deserved. Well-deserved. Either yep. team, but no, Broncos definitely well-deserved. So you're listening to the Scott and Jai podcast. It is the Mates Helping Mates every Sunday. Uh, today we have uh, Chris coming in to tell us his story. That'll kick off shortly. Jai has got a lot on his mind today. We're winding him up before the podcast. Oh, look, mate. It's been a week. One of the things that have annoyed me the most this week, I've almost been in three car accidents due to people not being able to f***ing see a big red <laughs> f***ing sign that says stop 
and driving straight through it. Like, it just f***ing grinds my gear. If you don't know how to f***ing drive, hang the keys up, sell your car, oh, and buy an electric scooter. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that segment very shortly. Uh, but today in history, today in history, today is Sunday the 24th of September. The Honda Motor Company was created, or founded, uh, in go. Japan. Konnichiwa. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Seuss died on this day today. On the 24th of September. You know who Dr. Seuss is, right? I have no idea. Green Eggs and Ham? No. You'd never read a Dr. Seuss book? Oh, actually, yeah. I think yeah. I might have been school. Yep. Green Eggs and Ham. And um, a famous guy called F. Scott Fitzgerald uh, was born on this day, September the 24th. Do you even know who that is? No. No? Oh, really? Um, can either of you tell me who wrote The Great Gatsby? Jody Bloom? F. Scott Fitzgerald. Who's that? The author. Well, why are you saying f*** him? What? You just said F. Scott Fitzgerald. What, what did Scott Fitzgerald do to you? Yeah. No, that's his first name. His name's f*** Scott Fitzgerald? What? No! Well, then what's the F stand for? Francis. No, it's gotta be f***. It must be f***. It has to be f***. Why the hell would it be f***? Well, because otherwise, why wouldn't he just say it? Yeah, he's hiding something. It's f***. Come on, read between his the lines, Sam. It's f***. That's <laughs> completely insane. You guys are idiots. Scott and Jai, what's on your mind this week? Ah, uh, Jai, floor is yours. Carry on with your, um, you, the cars. Oh, mate, it's just... <laughs> it grinds my gears, like... You know, there's nothing worse, and my luck is pretty bad, like... People that drive through stop signs, but yet I'm a couple of k's over speed limit, I get a speeding fine. But yet, the police are never there when these... Old dickheads just drive straight through a stop sign and then have the audacity to toot their horn and throw their hands up in the air. Like, mate, it's red with bright white lighting that says stop and they're just like, you're still in fault. Like, when they, like, toot their horn, wave their hands at you, like... Oh, like, I can't say what I'd really want to do to these people, but... Yeah, you get the drips. We had this situation yesterday. We went to the shops and there was a massive, big four-wheel drive, big black four-wheel drive with two Barbie dolls driving the, the, the ute. And again, tight car park, couldn't fit. So I had to reverse our little, tiny little car back so that they could come around in the car park and drive through. Actually, we can get started on caravan caravanners if you want. No, that's right. I'm out in the truck. If you've got a big caravan, learn how to drive it. I, uh, I think it, the laws definitely need to change around the way people drive. Like, it's not that hard. The rules are pretty simple. But I guess some people just need to really go back to driving school <laughs> and have a f***ing few more lessons. Like, it blows my mind away. It's, and half of these f***ing idiots are in automatic cars. Exactly. Are you trying to stop a car... Or a ute that's manual when you've f-ing got a car zooming through a stop sign. I love when you get like this. Oh, it just f-ing pisses me <laughs> off because it'll be my car that's all dinged up and they're f-ing get away scot-free. Scot-free? Yeah. You know, there is something else actually I wanted to get to what was on your mind. Um, I just wanted to say maybe. Oh, have you finished your rant, by the way? Yeah, yeah, I'm done yeah feel better? Yeah. yeah. Do you need a hug? No, I'm good. No? I'm good okay. Right now. I think you might be the Broncos' good luck charm because you did say um, back here on the 17th of September when we did a podcast, yeah, two Sundays ago, you did mention this. You're a fan of the Broncos? Oh, through and through, mate. 
home team right there. Yeah, so you'd be glad that they're going through to the next oh, round? Yeah, they're there. Oh, I reckon they're going to win it this year. Yeah? Yeah. You got your money on the Bronx? Oh, 100%. You know, they've had a rough couple of years, but, um, you know, I reckon this is their year. They're, they're coming back up the way. You, yeah, might be on the money there, mate. Oh, look, man, I'm, it's, it's like anything, right? You've got to back your team. You know, your team is who you choose at a young age, and that's the team you follow through, whether they're winning or losing. And I don't know, something in my loins this year just said, the boys are coming back. The boys are back in town, and they're coming for the big spoon. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's uh, be a good game next week. Up the Broncos. Oh, I can't believe I said that. Oh. Yeah, oh, up Ooh. the Broncos. I, and, you know, it was such a good game. Reynolds, Reynolds kicks the conversions. Didn't miss one conversion that whole game. But the the only downfall, like, as much as you said the wind was playing up on, on your boys, I think that maybe it might have been your kickers. Because we swapped sides and the Broncos were still making sure they got the conversions. But the Warriors, maybe next time, try and get underneath the post. It makes it a little bit easier. It, it'll definitely be the Warriors' year next year. Yeah, 100%. And I hope, like I said last night, I hope to see the Warriors and the Broncos at the grand final next year. I think it's going to be a good game next weekend when Penrith have to put their little tail between their legs and go off the field, and um, they learn that uh, that it's Broncos' time to shine. Now it's time for Scott and Jai's story time. Real stories from real people. And if you're feeling affected by today's stories, you can contact Beyond Blue on 1300 224 636 or Lifeline on 131 114 Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800 and of course Men's Line Australia on 1300 789 978. This morning's story, we welcome Chris. Welcome mate. G'day mate. Good morning, well, thank you. Welcome on the show. Thank you, it's good to be here. I'm glad you're here mate. Um, we've been friends for a few years now. Mm, quite some time. Yeah, it'd be around five years I'd I'd say, yeah, close. Yeah, maybe close to six or seven. Yeah, six yeah. or seven. Yeah. I'm family friend, you know, pretty much the whole family. So. Yep, yeah, been in there. Excuse me. <laughs> Not like that, but, you know. I've tried so hard to keep it together. We've been sitting here talking in between all the breaks and all that sort of stuff, and even I'm trying to keep my uh, composure here. <laughs> so, Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself, mate. Um, the clean version would be great. Yeah, no, we'll keep it nice and tidy. Um, My mother listens to this podcast. M18. Oh, very nice. Um, look, so I'm 31-year-old full-time dad, work full-time. Um, I've got four kids and basically, yeah, just for the last couple of years now, I've been doing it by myself with them because I've got them full-time. Um, before that, 2020 is when I separated with my partner. Um, and it's sort of just been, it's been hard, but, uh, you know, you sort of just have to try and do the best you can and keep yourself composed and together for them, realistically. Mm. 100%. But yeah, sort of going forward from, I suppose, from all that, uh, the way it all sort of panned out was back in 2020, towards the end of the year, uh, we separated, there was a, like... We sort of grew apart, I suppose. I was working a lot. She was always home with the kids. There was not much time together. And then when it was, it wasn't sort of as good as it could have been or should have been. Um, but 
you know, we sort of had the life of you could have anything that you wanted financially um, or even anything you wanted to do, basically. But Dad was always at work. Like, I was working underground. I also had my um, own business as well. So the 7 and 7 turned into pretty much 13 on, 1 off, if that. Um, and at that time, I didn't sort of see it too much, to be honest. I sort of saw, only saw that I was providing, giving the kids and her everything you can uh, and everything that they wanted to have. And um, not realistically seeing what was going on in the background, which was damaging everything. And and eventually it led to pretty much everything falling apart in a dramatic way. Um, And anyway, so leading on from there, uh, like post-separation, when we finally left each other, like living with each other kind of thing. Um, So she was living in a unit basically people that were there in that sort of complex area they weren't sort of people you'd want to really associate with and led her into the pathway of I suppose ice and whatever else that they were doing there um and I suppose look in the beginning and I don't condone any of it but in the beginning she was kind of I suppose maintaining a party life and it went on from being a party life to an addiction that was out of control and rampant uh and it eventually then led on to crime getting in trouble started showing off on the kids as well like how um mentally that they were uh physically as well so um a few to say let's go two years on from that point in time um the kids their complexion they had sores like things like that um and at this point in time uh i was working at a new job uh, i was doing four and three so i was having them on the weekends um and there's only so much that you can do so say for argument's sake they come over they've got a school sore or whatever it was you can only sort of realistically treat that um for that period of time and then they go back and then it just spikes up and goes on and on and on and if honestly you feel like a piece of shit because you can't do anything you speak up to her you try and voice her things like that and it just it doesn't go anywhere it's fallen on dead exactly yeah because there there was obviously more going on there that was you know as important which was i.e drugs Uh, i'm not saying that the kids weren't important to her but it took precedence, and that was. Oh, addiction seen. takes over. All yeah, that, I think, and um, and it was it was crap. But basically, this went, this went on for a period of time, and like my whole persona of being a dad was, I wanted to give them everything that they could have, but it wasn't a family, like with yep. her. And don't get me wrong, we tried getting back together multiple times, and every time it was worse. It was more toxic. Because you try and do the right thing by the kids is yeah. you, know, you want to be able to keep the family together mm. plus deal with what's going on. Exactly. Uh, and the excuses you make up for mm. justifying it are unbelievable. And your your older two kids are pretty switched on too. So yeah. I think towards yep. uh, they yep. knew a lot. Oh, they did. And we, they shouldn't do, but kids are smart. They, mm. they see things, you know, nowadays... Like, they've got YouTube and TikTok and all these other platforms that they go and their friends at school, they've also got access to this. So, you know, they all talk uh, amongst themselves. So it's always a social dilemma nowadays, not so much back in, the, like, when I was younger, it was kept away from you. Like, there was no external influences mm. to say sort of thing. Um, 
And anyway, so basically, like, this takes me to how everything sort of unfolded, um, which was I was dealing with, like, her mum at the same time, which, look, before all this, we had a great relationship, um, myself and her family, uh, and it led me to believe in, like, a false sense of reality. So they were on sort of my side with the kids in the aspect of we want what's best for them, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, it was, no, these kids need to be with us and not her and not him, even though I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was only trying to do what I could do. Um, so basically, 15th, uh, sorry, no, the 5th of February uh, 2021, I rang my mum and I said, listen, like, I can't keep doing this with these kids anymore. Like, I can't keep seeing them in this state. It, it's not healthy. Uh, they look run down. They had um, conjunctivitis, all kinds of scores and lesions on their faces and bodies, and all. it was it was not very something. You, as a father, you, you don't want to see. Yeah, you don't want to see your own kids, let alone any kid in that state. Mm. Um, so I rang my mum up and I said, "Listen, I need you to go and get me a barrister and a solicitor, and, and the best you can, because if it's going to happen, then it'll happen pretty quickly." So what I did was when they came up, and whether this is right or wrong, I still stand by I did the right thing for them and it proved in court that I did and proved to this day I still did. But the way I went about it is to be debated. Um, Basically, I had them come over on the Friday night and at this stage I only had the three because the oldest, she wouldn't leave my partner or the ex-partner at the time because what what happened was she would go on benders and just wouldn't return. And if she stayed with her, then she wouldn't piss off. Yeah. You know, it was it was as simple as that. Which so, is a trauma thing too. Yeah. Um, she was scared, obviously, yep. of mum not coming back. Yeah, she yeah. didn't want to lose her mum, so she just basically clung to her no matter what was going on. And what um, was the... She sorry, leave. I didn't interrupt you there, but no, what, no. Was, what was the age? So at that point in time or this point now... Uh, at that point in time, ah, uh, so around seven, eight, yeah, yeah, okay. for the eldest, and then six to seven, and the boys would have been two, yeah, babies, yeah, yeah. so young, two, three, mm-hmm. so young, like that. it's scary, and it happens more than you think, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so basically, uh, Friday night, I put them in the bed, went around the house, got as much stuff as I could, um, like I eat clothes, um, anything that could remotely be needed to pretty much to start again pick up and start again and i'm not talking about couches and stuff it's just your personal belongings and their personal belongings uh and we left then saturday morning went down to my mum's uh down in emin park and that's where we stayed and on the friday uh, on the sunday i had to come back because i had to go back to work i was still working and um Basically, they'd come around to try and pick up the kids and said, no, nah, this is not happening. Like, you need to contact my solicitor, blah, blah, blah. Um, and from that point forward, uh, we put in a recovery order to get my eldest, and it was granted around the uh, 18th of March, um, 2021. And that was probably one of the hardest days of my life, having to go and pick her up from school. Um, and her sort of having... The influence of her grandmother there provoking a situation that she didn't actually need to be a part of, 
um, saying that dad's taking you away and rah, rah, rah. And realistically, it was the court saying, no, we want all the kids together. Uh, so she was a, a hysterical mess. But after a couple of days, she calmed down um, and it was all good. Now, mind you, in all this time, so between the February and the March, like I hadn't stopped the kids from going to school. I'd re-enrolled them in school um, and they were going to school in kindy. Same as when my eldest started, like came to live with all of us, she started school as well. So there was never this, okay, you just sit at home and, and chill out and do fuck all or be on your iPad. It was, nah, this is your new routine. This is a new structure that we need to get happening so that we can have some sort of thing that's going to be good for you guys. A bit of normal. Yeah. Um, and basically, like, my ex-partner, she was allowed to have uh, supervised visits things like that for the weekend at that stage it was i think it was every second weekend or something like that um i don't remember how many times that she would have seen them but it wasn't many between the time of that and the final order being granted um anyway so going forward like they were requesting things like hair follicle samples and things like this because you know this was my application to the court and who's to say that I wasn't doing that realistically like anyone could say okay I'm gonna I want my kids because I want to take them away um from this place but why and that's what I did <coughs> anyway I um did the hair follicle sample testing as well obviously mine came back negative she went and did them uh, and faked them she got caught faking the tests yeah right so when they do so these- how do you fake a it's a hair follicle yeah, test. So this How is do you good, fake something like that? Good question. So if you can have an ID made and it says who you're meant to be, that's all well and good, and you go in there and you do the test, these tests cost $750. So if this person, say, pretends to be that person, it's got all the stuff to say, blah, 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 um, and goes and does it and it comes back clean, all well and good. But what... At this point in time, she didn't realise is they record everything. Hair colour, eye colour, everything. The person that went and did this test had blonde hair. She's always had black hair. Yeah. Forever. Mm. You know, since we've always been together. Mm. So, at that point in time, there was a please explain in the courtroom and it was nothing. There was none. Her solicitor was unable to provide anything of why that was like that. Uh, which that was seen through as basically a lie. Mm. It, was, it, it couldn't have been counted. So it was as struck out as, no, nah, it's not your test. You didn't do that. Um, did she have to go and redo it? or well, She was meant to go and redo it, she, and she never did. So, like, fast track up to now, like, I've had the kids now, and, and the, the order was granted for sole parental um, rights, uh, custody or whatever the wording is. Um, in a nutshell, basically, I have control of the children that's what it is yeah and with in a good way um basically she's meant to have presented two hair follicle tests and hasn't and that way if she presents these two clean hair follicle tests she can have unsupervised access like that's what any parent wants to have the freedom to be able to take their kid to the park or wherever wherever they want to take them up to shops yeah simple things unsupervised you know because they're actually your kids. You made them. Someone else who's supervising you didn't make them kids. Like, 
you'd want that drive to be able to do that. And so far to this date has not been provided. So, you know, that's that says something. If you haven't done it, well, you're obviously still in that thing. It makes you wonder, like, mm. the where the, like, she stands on, like, what she really wants. Like, you know, because mm. to me, if I had my own children, mm. I'd mm. take out heaven and earth just yep. to give them everything. I, like I, um, I expect a lot, like, to myself. Like, what, what is it? Is this just, okay, well, you know, he's got the kids now and I'll just live my own party life or whatever it is or work and then get on it or whatever whatever the hell she does and then when i have the kids well i can have my kids and they're super, like supervised like it's kind of like having your cake and eating it too yep. whereas she doesn't stay with them or anything like that they stay still stay at their, her mother's or her sister's house uh so she doesn't have to necessarily cook for them or get up to them in the morning or anything like that it's all sorted um you know it's it's pretty shit for a and kid. And the kids can call you whenever they want. Yeah, and I call yeah. them on, like, um, FaceTime um, Messenger, uh, um, iPhone Messenger. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but basically, like, a lot of, there was a lot of controversy, like, of uh, her going around and saying that I had kidnapped my own kids. And that was not the case. This does go on at, in, in times, but one, there was no court order, so you can't kidnap your own kids if there's no court order. Um, they weren't being held against their will, and eventually the court granted that it was that way anyway um, because it was a case. There was more and more evidence every single time. We went back to court. There was charges. There was this. There was that. Like, houses getting raided, things like that, you know, eventually to the point of... Um, her own mother coming out and saying that she found needles. So, yeah. like, that in itself is 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 enough. And no kid needs to um, no, go through that. No, and eventually, like, and I, I sort of worry about this, eventually, like, they'll, um, they'll read if they ever find them or things like that they want to actually know um, properly. Like, there's all these court transcripts, there's everything like that that went on, you know, that's not a lie. That is exactly what happened. This is the evidence that was given to the court. Like, it's there. And kids so, will want to know as they get yeah, older yeah. Uh, and they start to realise because kids aren't silly, right? They pick up on all exactly. this little stuff. Yep. And they'll work out very quickly and then, you know, they'll want to hear your side, they'll want to hear mum's exactly. side. And then yeah. the truth. Yeah. And so. it's, it's honestly, the way I see it is it's easier to go... If you want the truth, this is the truth, and this and there it is. Read it as you wish, but that is exactly how it is. We're- and something that, like I commend you for is oh, I've known, like we said at the start of the show, like I've known you for mm. up to six years, and um, we've been pretty close mates ever since we've met, really, mm. and um, had a few drinking nights. Yes, we have. But one mm. thing you've always been is honest with your kids as they've got older, like, oh. um, especially the older two. You've got to be um, seem to be transparent. Yeah. You know. Um, and you don't... I've personally never seen you run down anybody um, yeah. towards the kids either, like, which is a big thing, which I find... It's it's hard, like, because, you know, frustrations. Oh, everyone um, gets it. Yeah. Anger, pissed off, and, you know, everyone wants to lash out and whatnot. But, um, yeah, like, it's basically the short along of that story was, um, yeah, I didn't kidnap my kids and I gave them a better future. This is what I did. 
Um, and they're in a better place. Now. Hell of a lot better place. Uh, but in saying all that, it took its toll on me as a person to be able to do that, uh, like emotionally, um, especially like post breakup. Within the first say six to twelve months of that, um, I had to have three months off from working underground. I couldn't work underground as a supervisor. Um, I was unstable. Um, I just I, I couldn't regulate my own emotions. I couldn't understand because I wanted the truth, um, and I wasn't getting it. I, and I probably never get it. But now I don't sort of care anymore. I know enough to know exactly what was going on. And at, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter now. Like it's well and truly gone and done. But at that point in time, um, I would feel like if I had the truth and I wasn't second guessing everything and every person I was talking to, uh, I would have been a hell of a lot more stable and understood than having to find out that all these people that we had family friends with, they all fucking knew, mm. and I had no idea. You know, and even still going forward. They still backed her, and now it's just like, well, you look fucking stupid, don't you? You know, mm. you backed a, a person that was both of, we were both your friend, and it sort of went that wrong way. Um, but yeah, like I, it was hard. Um, like I wouldn't wish it upon anyone to go through that sort of shit, especially when you have, uh, say, the person that you love, and they go down the road of ice. Or any sort of thing, whether it be alcohol, gambling, whatever. But you lose more than just that person you love. Like that person who you loved, you get to watch that person die. Yeah. Inside. Not externally, but inside. And you watch them over a period of time, their complexion and everything changes. Um, to what you look at now to be something that would never you would have ever thought it would look would have been kind of thing um which is shit because you know if you want to say one day go rodeo um we go to the school or go to somewhere and it's a family thing like all right come and meet the teachers or come and meet the principal or whatever it may be i don't know if i would be okay with being standing next to someone and i'll call it as it is that looks like a fucking ex-crackhead junkie or still a crackhead junkie Mm. um whether it's the kid's mother or not, you know, I'm not that. And I don't want to be tarnished with the same brush, you know. No, but it's hard. Like, it's very hard. We all hold ourselves to a certain standard yeah. in life and we all have our morals. And I think that's the hardest thing when something like what you've been through is, mm. like you said, people start hearing these rumours that you've kidnapped yeah. your, your kids. But... That's the sad thing. People jump on board with hearsay. Yeah. Without actually knowing the facts. Exactly. Or what's going on in the background. Exactly. Um, And it's... Look, it's to be expected anyway. People people do that. Uh, I think it's it's natural that there are some people that don't go down the way of believing a third party or believing hearsay or a rumour. Um, but a lot of people will do that and then it'll just, it'll exasperate itself to, okay, so one person knew that now there's 101 people that now know a bullshit story. So, you know, when you go up to the supermarket, they're talking about you or looking at you and fucking saying, oh, you know, he's the guy, that's what happened, that's him. Mm. Where in reality, it fucking was none of their business anyway. 
you know, they're not there raising the kids. They're not there waking up in the middle of the night because, you know, they've fucking pissed the bed or whatever. They're just hearing a rumour and running with it other than they should actually be, one, minding their own business or two, you know, saying, hey, is there anything you can... Is, can we help? Is it, do, you need, do you need some help? You know, yeah. like reach out instead of going fucking running your mouth and saying... Offer to help take the kids for the night, something exactly. like that, yeah. Exactly, hey, you know, we've heard there's a few things going on between X, Y and rah, rah, rah. Cool. Don't really care about that. Do your kids want to have a sleepover? Mm. Yeah, with our kids. Give you some fucking breathing room, you know? Um, and just try and reach out like that, not do other ways, I suppose. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. What... At that whole period of time, where was your mental health at? Like, um, it was shit. It was shit because I was trying to keep keep it together, but at the same time, I, I wasn't. Yeah. Um, I wasn't at all. I, I was nowhere even near normal. Um, I was at the point where basically, so I went to uh, the doctor and I was, I was actually talking to Griffin Psychology and I recommend them, they're very good. But I went to the doctor and prescribed me, prescribed me antidepressants and I didn't ever really want to go down that road. I just, I don't like the whole idea of that people can get addicted to these things and you're on them forever and that kind of thing, you know, like I don't like that. But I took them to try and help and for... You know, a month, I literally felt like a zombie. Like, I had no emotions. I was just drawn out, nothing. Um, I couldn't regulate properly. I didn't know what sad felt like anymore. Like, it was just, I was, I was numb. That's the whole point of um, end depression. It's yeah. just to kind of block. It's like a yeah. block. Yeah, and I, I didn't like that. Yeah. You know, I wanted to sort of feel sad. And to me, like, I, I, I can relate to that. I've been on antidepressants before, and... Um, I now who I am now. I don't think that it helps you overcome what's going on. No, um, mm. more so it's just postponing. I think so. I think so as well. Um, and I, I ended up stopping taking them, and it was put, it was not recommended by anyone realistically. But I did. I stopped taking them, um, and for the next couple of weeks, I was out of control, crying, fucking just a mess. Yeah, because it's the build-up. Yeah. You know, instead yeah. of going through the each block of emotion, everything's just yeah. under hold. And, and when you stop, and then bang. Yeah. I was angry. I went through almost any sort of emotion I could feel. Uh, and it was all like all in one. And, you know, you go to sleep and you'd be like, okay, good, let's try and have a decent day tomorrow. You go to work and you'd just be a fucking mess. Like, you know, the smallest thing, you might, something might fall over or whatever, and you'd just be in it. You couldn't contain yourself. It was the most oddest feeling I've ever been through. Um, And after a while, that sort of started to go away. And I was up to sort of regain myself. And I started talking to counsellors and things like that, just talking. But you know, the best thing that ever helped me was talking to mates. Mm. That was it. We we had a few um, yeah. nights where I came over and just sat yep. at the back while the kids were watching TV and yep. had conversations about everything. Yep, that's the thing that helped me was talking. A lot of blokes don't do it. A lot of people... Um, I think because, mates, there's yeah. no judgment. 
No. You know, like... No, if, that's if, right. If yeah. you're, you're good, mate, exactly. there, there's no judgment of what you're going through. Yep, whether it's good or bad or yep. anything like that, um, you've got to talk. Um, that's your first step. Is oh, we talk. did an emerald trip one night to yeah. go pick up your stuff for the trailer. Yeah, oh, man. my God, that was the longest trip. That was shit. Especially once we had the trailer fully loaded, it was a heavy load coming was, back in. <laughs> that was loose. But we did it. We did. Yeah. And that was another, like, that whole trip. We just talked about everything and yep. how you were feeling and, you know, what I thought of the whole situation. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, talk. Just, it's hard. But as soon as you start talking and it doesn't matter how you start it, like, you could start it with, look, I don't know if you're going to judge me, but you're my friend and rah, rah, it doesn't really matter. Just start and just keep going because as soon as you start, it all starts coming out and you can talk about it and you can break it down and work it into pieces, workable pieces and try and get it off your shoulders and then the next time something comes up, it's not as hard to start that conversation. That's the best advice someone ever gave me actually was um, if you're ever in a situation Mm. you have a problem... Best thing to do is treat it like a piece of steak. You don't just yep. shove the whole piece of steak in your mouth. You chop it up into little bits yes. and eat it that way. Yep. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. And just talk. It doesn't matter how bad it is. Like, just talk it out. You know, it's better to talk about it than to start having, th- like, lucid thoughts and shit like that because we've all had them and I was having them as well. But realistically... You've got to look at the end game here, which is what, you know, your children, uh, if you have kids, if you don't have kids, well, what else have you got? If you, You'll have something. You've got to have family or a life. In a general. life. It's you know, a li- life exactly. is... Oh, I said this, I think it was last week on the podcast. Mm. Life was never designed to be easy. No. And the moment you think that, you, you're an idiot. Like, exactly. No matter whether you've got all the money in the world mm. or your poor ass... Um, you know, life is, is as hard as what you make it. Exactly. Um, and one of the best things I personally find about life is the friendships. Yep. I, I've got so... Like, I'm very fortunate. I, I've got a lot of best mates. Mm. I'd say well, eight, eight, nine best mates. Mm. Um, and they're my close, close friends. The people that I would call and be like, hey, bro, like, I'm, I'm in a messy headspace. Like, yep. can we catch up for coffee and just have a yarn? Yeah, just pop around. Yeah, and which we've done a few times. Yeah. Um, not yeah. just for your stuff. Like, yeah. I've had stuff go on and, and just not in a good place financially. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. And it, and that's the thing. It's not just your personal life. It could be your financial life too. Yeah. You know. And which that, is a big part for men. That's a huge part uh, I think for men. it's... Yeah. Um, f- but especially yeah. being a dad. Um, I know myself I'm not a dad, but even just at the moment, oh. I, I'm debt-free with only yeah. a few bills. Um, and... Recently, I've just financially been really struggling. Um, And something, actually, that was said to me the other night um, from someone that's family, Um, I had to borrow some money because I had to fix my phone and just everything was getting in the way. And um, it was said in front of my partner, and I actually haven't even spoken to Scott about this yet, but... He came up to the car and basically said to me, like, you know, what are you doing? Like, mm. you need to get your bank account sorted and sort everything out. And I've never felt so degraded mm. and so low in front of my partner um, that 
I've been thinking about it all weekend. Mm. Um, and it was someone that I care deeply about, and I'm sure it wasn't meant like that. Um, but like, it actually really got to me. Like, yep. having to ask for help, and I think some sometimes you've got to ask for help. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with no, asking for no. help. And, yeah, yeah it, that's one thing that, like, I've mm. never felt so degraded in my whole life. Look, I'm getting emotional about it now. Yeah, but, no, um, yeah. yeah, it just really got to me. Um, I've never really cared about that kind of shit, but I've never had a partner that I just want to give it the world. Yeah. Um, and and, and that's it. good. That's a, that's the thing, you know. Everyone deserves to be happy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's realistically in life. That's all you need to be is happy. You can have everything, um, but as long as you're happy, you know, yeah. uh, have everything or have nothing, but be happy at what you're doing and happy at it. Yeah. Um, you know, so like I suppose like the way that it is now, so if we're going to sort of get to the ending sort of this story that I've been going through is um, it's taken me a long time to get to where I am right now um, and that's with talking, you know, helping people, people helping me, um, watching my kids grow, things, just everything, I suppose. You know, even this, the things of getting up and going to work every day and just getting the fuck on with it um, has made me to be how I can be today. Mm. Um, it's a bit hard to explain, but basically now I don't care what my ex-partner does. I don't care. As long as she's good for the kids... That's what you care about. all I care about. That's number because one. Because all they want is to be able to go and spend time with mum. And have that relationship. And have that. And that's all I care for. And that's good. <clears throat> After everything that you've gone through. Yeah. And that's one thing um, I know that some blokes struggle with is you still have that emotional attachment. Yeah. Um, because she's your kid, you know, she's the mother of your children, right? Exactly, yeah. And it's once you break that, I guess that the when you break the link in the chain mm. and whatever she does, it's got nothing to do with you. Exactly. As long as, as you said, as long as it's for the kids, yep. that's all you care about. And it does. It takes a long time to it get does. to that point. Yep. And a lot of healing. Like now, if she rang me up and said, hey, can we have a yarn about the kids? Like, rah, rah, rah. Something's got, like, you know, something's going on. Like, things like that. No worries. All is wrong in the world. Rang me up to say, hey, um, can I borrow money? No, nah, I'd hang up on her straight away. Probably snap my phone in half, that kind of thing. Nothing to do with it like that. But you know what I mean? But um, it's all for the kids. You know, you got to kind of, it gets to a point where you've got to um, get over as hard as it is, get over all the angst, all the anger, all the crap that happened, put it behind you because it rubs off on your kids. And I saw that, and that's a big thing. You don't want them being like, oh, you know, I can't say that to dad or I can't say that to mum or whatever. It needs to be, hey, we're comfortable to talk to mum or dad about this, regardless mm. of that they don't live together or whatever. They, they need to be able to still have that, I can talk to both of them, and it doesn't matter what it is. Because if you take that away from them, what happens you know you're repeating the cycle is what you're doing exactly. basically and they you know they feel <clears throat> i'm actually getting emotional talking just mm. hearing you talk about this but um they just continue the cycle and then mm. as generations go on and on and on and on mm. this is what you end up with 
Yeah. Well, it's a yeah. big And it's about breaking the cycle. Yeah. Mm. And just well, this figure. is something your kids will hold on for the rest of their lives. Mm. Um, but fortunate for them, like, they've had you the whole time. And mm. I, as the older two, I reckon mm. we'll always remember how hard, and especially as they get older and mm. have their own kids and stuff, they will learn to appre- like appreciate how much you had to go into bat to just get oh. them where they are now and especially yeah. like your mum and yeah my mum she's been great my stepdad he's, he's you know They've, you know some people aren't fortunate enough to be in that position yeah. to have people that are going to back you exactly and financially you know I couldn't yep. have done it by, by myself without them um, but it's hard it is very hard but there is a light and it's there you just yep. got to find it well that's right yeah. I'm a big believer in every dark situation there's yep. um, a light you've there just got to be willing to look for it there is and regardless man at the end of the day there's always tomorrow you know? yep always tomorrow let tomorrow worry about itself and just get on with you it you can't change yesterday but you can yeah. change tomorrow yeah exactly and yeah. just steps take steps little steps little baby bites. steps yep. P- piece of steak I understand and I, I personally as one of your friends I'm so proud of yeah um who you are and who you are after everything you've been through because it can change people. It can, um, and it can either go one or the other way. Yeah. You know, and uh, fortunately in this way, it went good. What do you reckon humbled you to maintain who you were as a person because you really didn't lose touch with who you are as a person? Um, I can't deal with change very well. Yeah. Um Regardless of what it is, I don't take to it greatly. Um, so, therefore, I try and keep it the same, in a sense. Yep. Um, in putting it in uh, an example would be, okay, even though myself and my ex-partner, we've been separated for nearly three and a half, almost mm. four years, um, the house is still the same. Mm. The things that we did for you know nine nine and a half years is the same. So me coming home to that, even it doesn't give me some sort of sense of comfort or or belief that she's coming home. It's nothing's changed. I'm still coming home to the same. It's home a comfort thing kid. for you. Yeah. It's what yeah. you enjoy and yeah. the simple thing. Some people can't do that. Some people yeah. got to change completely. Yeah, you know, turn the page, new leave, blah blah blah. I myself, no, nah, I'm just simple. Just keep it the same. Um, fuck, man. Even the forks and knives are still in the same orientation. <laughs> like, you know. But um, that's just how I keep centred, I think. It's it's easy for me to do it like that. Um, if I don't, if I do things that are a little bit different, I struggle. Um, and it can be seen quite easily. Mm. So, yeah, like... Uh, yeah, that's that's how I do. Yeah. That's how I've kept okay. You know, like I'm not a big drinker. Um, I used to be, but yeah, uh, I don't drink a great deal anymore. If it is, it might be a couple every now and then. I don't go and get fucking shit faced like I used to. Like, and not that there's anything wrong with that in moderation, and I don't knock it. But it gets to a point of time where you sort of got to say, hey, this is starting to become ridiculous. Um, I'm not making any sense and fuck me like the people I'm talking to they're telling me that I'm not making any sense so and alcohol is a depressant yeah as well which yeah you know. yeah and it's look you know what there's nothing wrong going having a few drinks with mates mm. it's the steps you take afterwards you know hey I'm going to go home and just keep on it 
you know, into the point of you get yourself upset or you start having shit thoughts, whatever. Go and have a good night and leave it on a good note. You know, go to bed. Go to bed. Yep. Go home, go to bed, get up in the morning, go and go to work, mow your lawn, whatever. You know. But um Everything's yeah. good in moderation. I yep. Think. Oh, exactly. Exactly, man. Exactly, hundred percent. But yeah, that's how I sort of kept myself the same and by talking to people, you know, they people ask me all the time, What are you what are you doing? And it's the same shit. Same shit yeah. that I was doing ten years ago. Yeah. You know, just this I can vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Like, fuck! I've still got the same fucking clothes. Yeah. Nothing changes. Just keep, just keep it how you feel comfortable, and yeah. Well, it's who you are. And yeah. I think that's an important. People, people need to find who they are and exactly own it. I, yeah. I think like I know who I am as a person. I know what triggers me, and I know what upsets me. Mm. But also, I'm proud of who the person I am. Yeah. Um. And, yeah. You know, like I said, super proud of you. To Thanks, man. Yeah. Stand. Who you are because you're like like I said, a lot of people change in situations and mm. yours was non not an easy situation to overcome either, you know. No, was- no, and like in, in all of that, like honestly, we've only sort of broached the fucking surface. But mm. um in a nutshell that's pretty much what it was. But yeah, trying to ride that, um and trying to go to work, trying to keep the, you know, everything going fine at home, it was absolutely chaos, you know. Um, and it, you just got to get to a point in time where you've got to say enough's enough. Yeah. You know, like it was at that point of time, it would have been either, hey, we'll keep going down the same fucking road, trying to keep family together with you having this drama, or fuck, we lose the kids, you know, to child services and shit mm. like that, because fucking her friends had been calling them and stuff like that. Um, and not that there was anything wrong going on, and every time that they came around, which was only once, um, it was dismissed, but it's the same token. Fuck, no parent wants their fucking you come child services come around their house having an interview, you know, watching their kids fucking draw pieces of, on pieces of paper, and you know that's not what any kid, mum or dad want. No, and um, coming from like growing up in the system, hmm. and ain't a pretty system battle no. against as a kid. No. It's, no, um, and with four kids, they'd probably fucking separate them, you know? Well, actually, that's it's funny. They now, they never used to, but now it's actually a priority to try and yeah. find somewhere where they, if you're a family and siblings, that they stay together. Yeah, well, that's good. It never know? used to be like that, though. It was just trying to find kids yeah. a safe home to live in, but now it's like they're it's, trying to focus on trying to find them a joint home. That's a lot better, yeah, because you don't want them separated like... So they lose all their um, touch with each other, you know? Like, they're close. Mm. They've grown up with each other. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. one thing I can commend the Department of Child Safety with is the mm. one thing that's changed is they try and keep all siblings together. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's, a, it's still a system that breaks kids. Like, oh, it ma- exactly. It makes it so much harder to grow up. Yep. Um, but, you know, your kids are very fortunate to have someone like you to go into bat and yeah. not give up. I mean, it hasn't been easy, fuck, there's been weeks where, you know, we've been fucking living off bread and shit, yeah. you know. But you've, got to, you've got to do what you got to do in do. some cases. Yep, and it's hard, like, fuck, the way we live nowadays is a hell of a lot different to 10 years ago, mm. like, in economy-wise. You go to Woolies, you go and spend 300 bucks, your trolley's half full now, and back then you go spend 300 bucks and it's overflowing. Fill it, uh, overflowing. Yeah. Um, and everything else goes up too. You fuel, know, fuel, 120 bucks. Yeah, man. 
Just yep. fill up my car. Fuel, fucking everything. It's bullshit. So, yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming on no, the show. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, you know, it's actually quite inspiring listening to your, your story because I know there's a lot of people out there um, that think the system's broken. Yeah. Um, yes, the system is broken. It, it is. But yes, it needs to be fixed. But just hearing your story, I guess, give, will give somebody out there listening that the courage and the inspiration to be like, okay, we can get through this, we can do this. Yeah. So. Well, there is a lot of dads that don't get to see their kids. And oh, exactly. You know, that's something that I think needs to be focused on is mm. a lot of dads that are decent blokes that are out there working their ass off. Exactly. And all they get out of it is paying a child support bill. Oh, man, I, I know. But they I've don't get to spend, you know, Father's Day with their kids. people like that and a yeah. fellow I talk to at the moment, he goes through the same thing, kids pretty much be withheld and can't even have a simple thing there's nothing wrong with him it's uh, it is actually her but um and can't even have a simple thing of like a, once a week or once a fortnight have a sleepover it's a dedicated there's no court orders nothing and there's so yeah, there's actually yeah. like um, and she pulls rank people. yeah i'm one of those people yeah well man i fucking tell you what it'd be the hardest thing to go through that because at the end of the day you can have all your kids and that, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, cool, I can give you the best bedroom or anything like that. I haven't done anything wrong, but then you've got this other person basically holding the rein saying, nah, it's not happening. That's kind of the situation that I have is mm. um, I – well, you met my two little boys yeah. just before. Yeah, beautiful boys. Yeah. I've got two older children. I mentioned it on the podcast before. Um, and, you know, we – my first wife and I, we, we had this relationship where – you know, we could kind of talk and it was for the kids and all that mm. sort of stuff. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, when push came to shove, it was her way. Yeah. And, you know, the last time I saw my children, my two older children was 2019. It was just before. Oh, well, it was around about that COVID time. Yeah. Um, you know, and I got in the car, drove all the way to Brisbane to have the door slammed in my face. Yeah. Um, you know, and as the kids get older and, and you know, as life goes on, mm. they'll realise they who's in the right and who's in the wrong. Yeah. And like I said, you've got story number one, story number two and the truth. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there'll be a time. The truth, up, is, so. the truth is always, and I believe this a lot, the truth is screaming to come out. And it will. Mm. It, unfortunately, it will. And someone at the end of the day is going to get hurt and it's a person who's been lying the whole time. Um, and in between that, the only ones that get hurt are the kids. Well, it makes it even sad as, like, I was one of those children. Yeah. You know, where, um, I won't get into that too much today, but, you know, cut a long story short, mm. I was one of those children that was, you know, wasn't allowed to go and see uh, my dad. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah. dare I say this, but, you know, karma got her in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it happens, and unfortunately, um, you know, we live in a different society nowadays. And touching on that system kind of thing is, yeah, it is broken. It is a lot better. Mm. It's not fixed. No. It's a lot better. But I believe now um, men have a lot more voice than what they used to. Yeah, uh, and I'm not saying at all that men are always in the right or in the wrong or whatever. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is that it, we should be both equally heard. 
because you can be both as bad as each other. Well, especially the you know? look, look, like you're saying, like there's dads out there, like like yourself, mm. um, that go to work when everything's mm. happening and try and hold it all together and do the right thing. And then there's there's dads out yep. there that just don't give a fuck about their kids and yep. are absolute dickheads, which I'll never understand. Yep. And, and that that's their choice. And kudos to the mums out there that are single mums and battling it out because the dad doesn't want to be a part of the kid's life. Mm. That, that That's their fault. They miss out on an amazing... You yeah. know, part about bringing a young person into the world. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but for the dads out there, like, don't don't give up. Keep battling because yeah. Yeah. It, it is getting better. And um, every kid deserves a mum and dad. A hundred percent. I think it, it's a yeah. it's a vital part mm. um, to have both mum and dad there because they both teach you different things. Exactly, man. Like, fuck, I oh, have apprentices and shit like that, and you can tell if they've come from. A, a mother-orientated family or a father-orientated family or both, um, just sheerly by one. Like, nowadays, they seem to be a lot softer. They've got no fucking uh, mechanical aptitude, things like that, um, which is sad. And you can go to school and you can do woodwork or metalwork or whatever they call it up here, um, but it doesn't teach you, like, foundations as a kid. Like, from a kid, like, go and play in mud, Go and get in that shit. Like, go and, go and build a cubby and stuff like that. And then that eventuates into an adult that can't fucking work properly, you know? Yeah. That, look, oh, that grinds my, my, my gears a little bit. <laughs> that sounds like a segment for next week, Jai. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, anyway. but um, no, like, I'm, thank you so much for coming no, on the no, show. No, no, it's been um, great, man. You know, it's also a good chance for us to catch up and see each other because our lives have been a bit hectic. Exactly, very busy times. Yeah, and it's school holidays as well. Yep. Um, at the moment. Yeah. yeah. But um. Yes. Thanks again, Chris, for no, coming. Thank in you. And that was the podcast for another Sunday. Yeah, all over and done with. What a big one. That was um, a good story from Chris. Yeah, th- thanks again, Chris, for coming in and having a chat with us boys. Um, we appreciate you sharing your story. And we understand how hard it is for people to share their stories sometimes because it brings up some um, emotions. And-, and I really hope, too, that any bloke that um, is a single dad that listens to our podcast... Get some inspiration from that story. I know I, I did, in my in my own personal life. Uh, so, um, just to round off the podcast really quickly, which I forgot to mention at the start, but we'll just do it at the end. So, some stats uh, for the week. So, in the last seven days, we had fifty four people download our podcast. So, totally total, uh, one hundred and eighty two downloads so far. Um, one hundred sixty four in Australia. Um, 14 in New Zealand, two in America, and one in um, Canada. Uh, and people are listening via Podbean, Facebook, Google, Spotify, Chrome, Chrome devices. That's Android. Yep. And uh, we got one on Pod, 
one uh, on Google Podcasts. Sorry. So show number one has had 89 downloads. Show number two has had 60 downloads. And show number three has had 33 downloads. So we're getting there, mate. We, we're definitely getting there. So keep liking us on Facebook at The Scott and Jai Podcast. It, uh, our podcast also goes on YouTube as well. There's no video, um, but it is available there. We'll eventually get the video and equipment to do all that, and we'll yeah. be able to go out and do some live recording. And uh, Chris actually let us, we tested it out, so we may have a video of Chris's story appear on YouTube and on Instagram. So don't forget that's the at the Scott and Jai podcast. And you can download this podcast uh, via Podbean. So look for Scott and Jai podcast.podbean.com and follow us on there because the more people uh, that follow, that follow us, sorry, the more people that follow us on Podbean, um, the more we can reach out to people. That's it. And um, I encourage anybody that wants to jump on and have a chat to reach out. Um, yeah, if you want to share your story, you can send us an email, scottandjipodcast at outlook.com.au. Yeah, I think it's important for people to get their stories out there. Um, like I said before, it can be one of the hardest things to do is to talk about some of your struggle, struggles and how you overcame them all. And um, another shout out to the dads out there that um, are just trying to do their best and um, aren't having a bit of a win at the moment. Just hold on, guys, and you know, hopefully soon a win comes your way. Absolutely. That's us for another Sunday. We will see you next week. Uh, dare I say this? Up the Broncos! Up the Broncos! Thanks, guys. See you next week. See you. That was the Scott and Jai podcast. Thanks for listening. Remember to follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great week. Thanks for downloading the Scott and Jai Show, Mates Helping Mates podcast. Listen to the boys live on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. on Radio X. How do you listen to Radio X? Go to radiox.com.au and click listen live. Turn up the volume with Radio X. Your ultimate rock destination. Tune in today at radiox.com.au. Radio X.